Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of TechLink in Conversation from the Technical Connection team. Our podcast is designed to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, the leading technical knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much, much more. I'm Eddie Grant, a director at Technical Connection. And in previous episodes, we've discussed investing for children, the budget, and the era of higher taxation. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Tony Wickenden, Managing Director of Technical Connection. Hello, Tony, how are you? Hey, Eddie, yeah, all right, good. Um, Habits are working well. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Um, So, Tony, You've been um, you've been publishing some quite unusual videos uh, on on TechLink, um, focusing on Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, so as I said, it's not it's not it's not usual um, type of content for us. So when did you first discover these uh, Seven Habits, and uh, and how have you used them? Yeah, I always feel a bit embarrassed. I don't see myself as particularly effective and definitely not highly effective. So if we put that to one side, um, the discovery was made for me because a good friend, I'd say actually mentor of mine, Chris Woodhams, many years ago, I just looked at the book, we were discussing this earlier, and it was in 1992, when he gave me this book and said, I think you'll find this interesting. He's actually given me a number of other, this isn't a Chris Woodhams loving, but he's given me a few other books and it got me into reading that kind of, you know, self-help book. Actually, before that, you might have picked up on some of these books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and, uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, those kind of self-help books. I did get a bit, and I'm, I'm still pretty sort of hooked on. So back in 1992, I read this, and this was a bit of a game changer for me and actually did use it without it being, and these books should never be, I think, I know you agree with this, it's never a Bible. You take from them what you think, actually, that's quite interesting. And quite often they express or articulate something that you sort of know, but have never been able to express quite as well as the author does. So it was back in 1992, actually applied, I think I can say, I actually applied some of that in the building of Technical Connection. It was hugely helpful. And it was just recently that I took to sort of rereading it, um, just because someone else had mentioned it. And if some of these books, they feel like they're a bit, oh, it's a bit old now, isn't it? They're a bit, oh, they've been outdated. They don't work anymore. And it was the rereading of it. it. Just thought, like all this common sense stuff. Common sense never goes out of fashion. It was that it still works. I think really, all so of them are very relevant. So a real classic then. Um, so so just remind us what what are these seven habits? No, this is like can you name the seven dwarfs? <laughs> oh, you know that. Oh no, I'm always too sure. Um, no, that's another. Sorry, <laughs> I'm always yeah too dwarfs short. But seven habits. Um, yeah, be proactive. I'm actually uh, going to read these. Be proactive. Begin with the end in mind. Put first things first. Think win-win, and you could express these in different ways, but this is the way Covey expresses them. Sadly, deceased Stephen Covey. Um, Seek first to understand, then be understood. Synergize, we all use that word a lot, and sharpen the saw, which is one I particularly like. Um, So they're the seven habits, that's it. Is that the end of the conversation now? I remembered by reading them. (laughs) Well well remembered. Um, So... Just coming back to, I suppose, what our day job is and, and helping financial planners really be great at what they do. So so, so how do these uh, habits then um, help financial planners? How can they apply them? What, what's your guidance? Yeah, I think I think any any business person can actually, any person I think can, 
can use this because they make sort of sense really when you think about them um and i always try to i think we do this within techling don't we i think if there's something that's that you read that's sort of relevant you try to apply that so what test to it that gives it relevance to the person that's going to hear the message or read the message um it's something we strive to do within techling all the time is with our bulletin so what does that mean then what can you do with it you know how practically can you do with it so applying that test which i've done in a very sort of summary actually quite light touch way i've not thought that deeply about it but what resonates with me is that you didn't need to think that deeply about these to go actually there is they're all quite relevant so you know proactivity the first one if we just looked at that be proactive i mean who would say as a financial planner if you're not proactive you're probably not going to be that successful if you wait and the most obvious way if you wait for clients to come for you wait to respond then you have to respond clearly it's one of the most important things you can do but going out there to talk to people, get more clients, talk to them about stuff that's relevant to them. You know, the, a phrase we both use within Technical Connection, saw this and thought of you, you know, sort of something's happened, you've taken it on board and understood it. And then thought, who would that be relevant? Who would find that interesting as, a, you know, so as a, an intermediary between the information and the person it could be useful for? So that proactivity is, I think, it's becoming increasingly hard. We've discussed this as well, Eddie. I know how difficult it is in a really full day I mean that conversation we just had how's your day been oh back to back full of meeting stuff that you can't avoid stuff that is urgent or seen as urgent and it leaves very little time for not only getting new stuff but actually then turning it into stuff that you can communicate on someone else is incredibly hard so you have to be pretty disciplined or get the habit of doing it you know so I think that saw this and thought of you approach as one that really resonated with me in our world as a way to be proactive because there is so much going on that the pool of potential proactivity lots of p's there um could use that pool of pro potential for the three p's the pool of potential proactivity is very deep and if you want to go there with your cup or bucket you can get quite a lot of water out that you could quench people's thirst for knowledge with look what i did there right and so um just thinking about you know TechLink and 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 the content that we uh, we nudge people with. So so, yeah. so so that nudging that that probably would be quite useful for that for that planner that wants to be proactive. Yeah, definitely. And and it's quite rare. It's it's actually it's one of those things. Simple, but it's not another well used phrase. Simple, but not easy. So it's all there for you, and it just takes you to do it. And just by doing it, you don't have to be some super clever person. Just by doing it, you will probably be better than most other people because most other people won't because they are consumed by so much other stuff going on in their life. So I think, yeah, it's really it's it's a really easy one to, to do, really. Well, it's a simple one, not easy is that point, I think, really, being proactive. Really valued, though, I think. Over time, I think if you're the one that you become memorable, that one who's goes to people with this was interest might be interesting so i mean the one thing won't be but doing it regularly obviously you know, over time it defends you against the attack from any other advisors you will be more able to be recommended so important isn't it to be you know to get referrals because well this person's really good they help me so um yeah i'm a big fan of proactivity because it's comparatively rare because there's so much other stuff that sucks up all your airtime during a day Sure, and and what so what would be the second of those uh, uh, of those seven habits then? 
in order that not necessarily of importance. You take the most important ones for what's most important to you, but that begin with the end in mind, as stated in the book, is is very important. Should probably be the first one, really. It's sort of before you start any kind of undertaking, be clear about what you're seeking to achieve. You know, so that whole thing of just what is the most important thing to you and why are you doing it? And then make sure that what you do is heading towards that goal and constantly reappraise your goals. It's something within TC. You might, you might start off going, actually, I haven't got any particular goal for TC. It's just great. Enjoy doing it back in the day. And, and then you realize, what do you want from this? Is there a, another point to it? With your business clients as a financial planner, I think this is the financial planner, it's very relevant for those that own, in fact, for everybody in their career, but the people who own small business SMEs, then being the one who has that, who is the centre of that conversation with them, I think is it puts the, the financial planner in a great position because it's quite rare that anyone else, any other professional advisor, will be in that position, possibly the accountant. But if the planner's there, what are you seeking to do? If you're thinking... I'm heading towards a capital event. I want to sell my business. Then there's a lot of things that you might need to do with your business that you're not doing now to achieve that goal. Because it's easy to say it, but what are you doing to move towards it? So that, begin with the end in mind, is really important. If you want to build a business that is capable of being sold, it needs to demonstrate over time lots of particular characteristics. Otherwise, it might be a great business for you as a lifestyle, but no one else is going to want to buy it, you know, if it depends on you, for example, if it's, you know, very subject to legislative change or there's no protection from it you've got no repeat business all of that kind of thing I mean uh, I'm not really interested in buying it even though it might be a great business for you and is very very successful so yeah I think for a from a, a for a financial planner's own business and then using that discipline that they've applied in their own business with the businesses that they advise can put the financial planner in a really strong position at the heart of where's this business going let us help you I suppose also if you think about goals-based planning and, yeah. and retirement in particular, that sort of coming up to retirement, which is obviously a really topical subject for many planners with their clients, um, having that that um, you know that that end in mind, it, it, it must be a key to to goals-based planning. Oh, completely. I mean, the clues in the title really. You need to know what your goal is to to actually have the planning to support it. Absolutely. It's really yeah. So those those tools and and what's being done in the sector generally around that much used phrase goals based planning is like most of these things like you're know, treating customers fairly. You think well, it's a given, isn't it? Surely you have to do that. Like goals based planning, how can planning take place without there being a goal? You know, where are you going to set out on a a journey somewhere? You need to know where you're going. It's just sort of wandering about all over the place. So yeah, definitely really important thing. I think beginning with the end in mind for any undertaking, probably habit number one. And so, so two down, what, what would be the, the third on your list? Third, I'll, I'll just use Covey's list, but putting first things first is related to goals, I think, really. It's just, you know, just that whole thing of making the main thing the main thing because of the distraction. So I won't go on too much about that. I already have is just being clear in any particular day as to what's, in, what's important to you and not being distracted, as it is so easy to be, um, by all the other things that suck up your time you know and also not kidding yourself perhaps that you've had a really productive day because you've answered you know 57 emails or done 25 team schools you know what were they about were they to were they were they something that were really important or were they just urgent but not really important so i think that little that little box that we're in of that that 
or box that we're in now. I'm just sort of said that box that is urgent but not important is a very sort of distracting one. Uh, and it can really sort of just suck you in, really. And the one that's hardest to get into, I think, is the so often the one that is important but not urgent because the urgent stuff just take over. And you can, it's easier, isn't it, to answer an email and go, I've done that task, than to know you've got to spend three hours because this, you know, FCA paper or or consultative document needs a bit of reading and thinking about. But again, like that proactivity thing, if you are prepared to do that and put the work in, it immediately sort of, elevates you in a competitive world because very few people are prepared to or can put the time aside and i know it's easier for some than others you know given the 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 very real pressure of those day-to-day urgencies which you just have to deal with Um, but if you can i think you know putting putting first things first really really important otherwise you just get distracted and you you end up ultimately quite frustrated i haven't really achieved anything you mentioned um team schools i've started to actually go uh, a bit analog recently and and use the old-fashioned telephone and uh and actually you know what would have been a 30-minute team's call is now becoming a sort of a five ten minute telephone call and uh, and and actually it it, you regain some of your time back that that's that's uh consumed by team And do you find when you do that, you go, right, we're going old school. And you think, old school for a telephone is such a short space of time. I mean, another good tip, maybe maybe use the fax. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> shiny paper, you know, so just do that. On that maybe. actually, on that, putting first things first and the, the danger of distraction, one of the things I think is one of those overlooked areas that is really important and not urgent. I'm having this conversation with one of my sons at the moment, just urgent but not in but, sorry, important but not seen as urgent is protection you know life insurance protection is super important but in an urgent sense no i feel okay don't feel that ill you know just i'm okay i'm probably going to be okay i'll deal with that and then of course it's too late when it is urgent because it's too late to get it so i think protection is one of those areas probably one of the reasons why in a very busy world and a very wealth focused world why perhaps we don't talk about protection as much as we could but it should be back in the day that was the first thing when you did your hierarchy of needs as a financial partner get the protection in place first so shout out for a bit more protection discussions there and so um and so what was the the fourth one then what was fourth, fourth on the list the fourth one is one that the arsenal would like to have think win-win not lose 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 that's it um yeah think win-win i mean that's i think we all talk about that quite a lot and that's basically around that you know that communication between individuals where you you, you seek to serve the client but i think I think we all get that message in financial planning, being very client orientated, very client centered, making sure client outcomes are on is absolutely essential. But at the same time, for the advisor to continue to serve the client, there has to be not in a self definitely not in a self-serving way, but a consequential win for them too. Otherwise, they, they're not going to have the business. So you need to do something that remunerates you or do something well enough for the client that will generate the money for you. So just that win-win thing is just clearly don't be all selfish and it's just about you and trying to sell stuff that makes you money i think we all get that message and, and the sector's changed it implies it was always bad it wasn't but just people have been much more focused about that and rightly so across the whole i mean the work you've been doing around you know, that whole thing of vulnerability and everything is essentially very think win for the client but by doing that it will be a win for you you don't, almost don't have to think about your own win because if you do that for client and you're not an idiot and don't charge them anything for anything that you do then it will be mutually beneficial which is 
what it is mutually beneficial for both parties. You know, you're served and so is the client. I think the, the win for the advisor, I always believe if you trust you're doing your work for the client, we always felt that hopefully it worked within TC. If we just do good work for our clients, the reward will come. That all sounds you know very philosophical, but it, it does work. It actually does over time, really. That's what relationships are built on. So that's quite a, also, all of these are quite simple. When you say them, you go, well, they're hardly revelational. No, they're not. It's just, you know, put in, in that format, though, it's just they're good reminders. So win-win, absolutely essential. I wonder, um, in, in the context of sort of ongoing servicing, and, uh, and obviously the big focus on ongoing advice fees, that the, the, there is that balance, isn't there, to, to make sure the client feels, you know, there's no, they're happy to pay the fees if they feel they're getting a service. And, and that win-win, I think, is, is, is really critical in that, in yeah, that place. Is. Yeah, it is. And it's and, and service that really means something. So not like, right, I'll throw over a few bulletins or a few sort of newsletters and that just because it's stuff if it's not really valuable to them. So that thing, you know, be proactive, but be relevantly and to- focused proactive. Really important. I, I agree completely with that. And there's so much that all good advisors do that and don't really need to remind. They are constantly thinking of their client, you know, saw this, thought of you, win-win, thinking client. And they're good advisors and successful advisors because it's just a way of life for them, really. Definitely so. Sure. And that, that really, on the, the fifth one, just without labouring this too much, so part of that really is, you know, that seek first to understand, then be understood. That point that, you know, Carl Richards explained quite was, you know, diagnose first before prescribing and, you know, listen intently with genuine concern about what the client, what's, imp- what's important to them, because they rarely will present to you with clear set of financial goals. And you're great. All you need to do is get your voyant out and go, you need that much by that day. You need to invest this much. And there you are. There's a stage way before that to find out what is truly important to them. I think really so yeah that seek first to understand then be understood it sounds like a commandment but i think it is a good one really and, and one we we would all no one could disagree with that really yeah and we we um so i've been been doing some uh some research over the last year um and in particular focus on soft skills and um and also got some 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 uh polls and and things from from advisors and the two soft skills that really came out were um, empathy and uh, listening. And that sort of very much fits in with that uh, first seek to understand. If you want to understand someone, you've got to have that empathy and then you've got to listen. Um, and, 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 and that was actually, you know, that was what the part of the, the, the planners were saying um, in their feedback uh, on all the polls and all the, all the interviews that I did. No, I can see. And it is listening, truly listening with intent, not, and I know I'm very conscious of, I, I do this in too many situations that you're listening with a view to what you're going to say next, you know, as opposed to truly being with someone um, and, and really listening to them. And when you think of your, I think your, you know, the relationships you have outside of business, just the best relationship when you really care about someone, you're not practicing intent listening skills or mirroring body language. You genuinely care about that. You know, when you genuinely care about something, it really shows and it transmits that trust equation we've talked about, you know, the Meister trust equation, those three bits above the line of credibility and reliability, which is our world generally in TC, very much around that. But the intimacy bit and low self-orientation below the line, so, so important. On the face of it, very easy to understand, but 
more difficult to practice, requires a lot of just almost zen-like being out of yourself and truly, truly listening. And there's not much more to say. There's not much more to learn about that. You just need to put it into practice. And so what would the the penultimate uh, one be? I know you're a big fan of this. Synergize, actually. You know, just working with people. Um, Sometimes in our world, Jen, it's quite easy to just get your head down because I'm doing stuff and and you've become this little thing on your own but synergizing working with people within your business so all financial planners would know that's why good recruitment means you get the a range of skills that make the whole thing work really well and when a team's working well together and interacting together then the benefits are great it gives there's something extra to it isn't there when it's a collaborative effect and the same for financial planners working with other professionals for the benefit of the client you know that's something that I know we can all practice better, but working with accountants, solicitors, not in a self-serving way, but it will benefit you. But but truly all having the client in mind, not being defensive. You know, so many areas of business in certainly with small businesses and SME planning, working with the accountant. And then when it comes to intergenerational estate planning, working with solicitors and, and will planners to put in that extra bit that maybe the financial planner doesn't need to do themselves and does collaborate and connect with another specialist just as they should the other professionals connect with a financial planner. They'll know a bit about pensions and insurance and all the rest of it. But working with working with a specialist and all being together in a team makes the whole outcome for whoever's receiving that service better. Again, one, again, if another easy to understand one, um, put it into practice and it's pretty powerful, really. And, and even in this day, we've all seen, haven't we, have been, how we've been able to use technology to synergize. When you, how can you synergize when you can't see people? Well, easily, you know, with, with all of those many Teams and Zooms and all of those other platforms that you can use. And then, um, and then the final one. The final one, yeah. I think in some ways it's sort of my favourite because it's about what we sharpen the saw, that constant renewal that takes place in all aspects of your life, but just constant renewal in, in the sense of keeping up to date with things. In our world, that's keeping up to date with what's going on and not just dealing with, I don't need to do that. Those small bits won't make a difference, small bits of knowledge and, and what's going on and what's coming down the pipe generally. You won't lose a client relationship by not knowing that a consultative paper was issued yesterday or something. You won't, but over time, you gradually will, because that will mean to, that will lead to just a massive gap and then the client won't be well served you won't be credible you won't be reliable so just committing to it, it's a habit it needs to be established as a habit you know even if it's half an hour we say it within technique you know set the alerts even if once a week you check what's been going on if you could just do that it makes such a difference to go oh, i didn't know that even if you don't read it then it bed it in and save it it really does work i maybe won't express this for you, but there's a ex-ceo of Albany Life, who said, you just need to keep learning more and more about more and more, because the alternative is to know more and more about less and less. And then in the end of the, the end result of that is, you know, everything about nothing. So I'm not sure if that works. I always thought that sounded really good when he said it from the stage, because you end up with that terrible situation, of, you know, everything about nothing. But um, it sort of is the consequence. Just keep up to date. Um, and we see it as our responsibility and our, our job, certainly within technical connection, to at least give you the tools. After that, it's up to you to set your alerts, look at the bulletins, read, look, listen like this to all the super interesting stuff that we produce. Yeah, and I think um, whilst I, I would never expect everyone to read every bulletin, every watch every no. video that we do, 
Um, I think the um, the summary that we do on a, on a Friday afternoon of sort of six or so uh, bulletins is, is really useful because they are the most popular ones. They're the ones that that people have gravitated to, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and 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 at least you will know that you've got that core piece of uh, of information that 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 is being read by everyone. Yeah, definitely so. So. Um, so we, 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 we try and, in tradition, we try and uh, get our guests to always uh, leave some ideas, some great ideas. Um, and, and so f- for you, Tony, you know, what would be the three things that if you could do nothing else, what would be the three things you would take away and do from, from this uh, podcast? Right. Number one, I would say get the Stephen Covey book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, number one, and give it a read. If you haven't, if you've already read it, do like what I did and give it a reread. Maybe not cover to cover, end of it, but there's some really there's some really great stuff in it. So I said have a look at that, number one, or listen to the if you want to listen to it on the sort of audio books. It's available on most of the platforms that you want that you you would use, basically, either with the written word or the spoken word. So that number one. Number two, I think the proactivity point is something we can all put into practice immediately, I think. Proactivity. And think about, you know, that whole everything that you read through bulletins or anywhere else. Just that next step is so what and for who. And then actually take the step and communicate with them and say, saw this thought of you. And if you can use, if around the technical end, think about anything that within TechLink you can use, use it. Just use it, cut it, paste it, use it to do that, saw this and thought of you. The aim of technique was to take the legwork out of it, not to say we're anything special, just to take the legwork out of that bit for you. So that's the that part. And sharpen the saw, which is, you know, that thing about keeping up to date, which is part of the second one. So that's probably not that fair. I would look at that thing about keeping, putting first things first and making sure that you're just doing the things that are really important for your business and your clients. And don't... Don't ignore it because it's so easy to the things that are important but not urgent. And that would be really, if you're a wealth planner, I would encourage you to just revisit how many of your clients perhaps should have that conversation around protection. It's a bit of a mission I'm on at the moment. But, yeah, I think it's important in the wealth planning world. And almost everyone I talk to agrees on that, you know, with that. Very few exceptions. So they're not great, necessarily great things. There are three things. Thank you so mm-hmm. much today, Tony. I, I, I said at the beginning, you know, it's not the, the usual type of a bulletin that we uh, we produce, but I think it's it's so topical. Um, and as people come out of uh, lockdown and, and, and look at their business and they've been reflecting on their business, these are these are certainly seven great habits to apply to your business, but also um, to, to apply to your clients as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Not at all. Thank you, Eddie. Thanks for inviting me. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any such action or inaction.